Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're going to hell. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about 1993's Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, which is not The Final Friday. I got a gun. Fuck that. I got a gun. It's also only the second worst thing that's ever happened in 1993. What's the first worst? Your birth. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, 1993... Uh, very good year, the year of my birth, also the year of my co-host's uh, special guest birth. Derek Kubitschek's on the podcast are, you know, I normally this is where I say like your your title, like whatever, blank correspondent. Derek, the reason you're here is because I wanted you to be on a Friday the 13th podcast, just because I wanted to get a variety of people on those, because these movies are typically pretty repetitive, and you're just like, ah, fuck it, give me the worst one. Yeah. And I did. Yeah, I've found myself to be a glutton for self-torture when it comes to this entire podcast. But, you know, I, I was really excited to finally watch a crap movie again because, I mean, as everyone heard in the last podcast, you've been on hiatus for a while, yep. which as an extension means I've been on hiatus <laughs> for a while. Been watching a lot of Survivor, been just doing general stuff. We have a drought going on in North Dakota right now, so there's not even weather to keep me entertained. <laughs> This movie was not exactly something entertaining, but it was nice to get out and do something. Yeah, through this pile of shit, this thing is is god-awful. It's got a couple of things I like, but not much. Uh, It's got the best score of the series. It's got a couple of funny moments, and that is about it. Yeah, and and the only thing that I can compare it to, because I think I was in the last one, right? Yeah, Uh, you you were at part eight. uh, Because Jason Takes Manhattan is the eighth one, yeah. That one is far superior, and that was not a great movie. Um, so. Jason Takes Manhattan is far superior. Yeah, rare sentence. It might be a brand new sentence. <laughs> this this movie is Children of the Corn Part Six and like Part Ten bad. Oh, it's better than both of those. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. There was that, some artistry in this movie in terms of the gore. There's no artistry in both either that, of those Children that, of the Corns. That okay, that's fair. Those movies also were very boring. I yep. think. Um, so I mean. This movie got a little tedious, yep. but I guess there were moments where I wasn't completely bored. Yeah, it was so. more like baffled. This is a very yeah. befuddling movie. Nothing makes any sense. It introduces a ton of new lore to the series that has not been established at all. This is like pulling stuff out of your ass the movie. I know that you and I have talked before about movies that are very hard to apply rules to, right? And it's basically, it just turns into you and me trying to fit these pieces together, as you say, you know? I don't even know that we're going to be able to do that. It's almost like we have to take the events in this movie at face value. You can't go any deeper than that. No. And then can't. just do your best. Because, like you said, I mean, it's good to know that this makes no sense in context of the series. Yeah, none. Because it didn't make sense really within context of the movie <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, this gets completely ignored in the future. I mean, like, yeah, Jason's going to go to hell, spoiler alert, and the next movie in the timeline brings him back, and they, they do address the fact that he's in hell. But beyond that, nothing else from this movie matters. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. This is not a recommendation from us. Don't bother. Just we, listen to this podcast. We'll do our best to explain to you. You're going to be very confused and wondering, what the hell are they talking about? And that's the proper response. Yeah. Because what the hell did we just watch? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie, and it just doesn't get any better. It's just like, <laughs> what is this? 
This mysterious movie. And and a reminder, I did this to myself. You did this to yourself. Uh, give uh, me the worst one. I, I, I don't want to hear any complaining from you. <laughs> this is your own fault. I, I'll complain, but not at you. Yeah, this it, is not my fault. I, I'm, I'm just complaining about the movie. <laughs> you know, you can complain to me about some of these movies I made you watch, like the Halloween movies, kind of. You can complain about those to me. Uh, but, you know, your leprechauns, you did this to yourself, and now Jason goes to hell, you did this to yourself. Ryan, can I tell you something on air? I don't think I've actually had a chance to tell you this yet. So I, I was at the Green Knight in theaters, mm-hmm. and they had a trailer for Halloween 12. Yep. Before ha- Halloween Kills. Th- yep, Halloween Kills. I actually got excited. And I was like, okay, I actually really want to see this. It makes and, me happy. And it might be because I'm 11 movies into that. And even though I only had positive th- things to say about maybe half of them. Not even. Um, and probably not even. But the last one kicks so much ass. Yep. And this one just looks like another good time. Yeah, I'm really excited for this uh, one. So I just wanted to I wanted to say that on air so that anyone who's followed my journey from pretty much hating the, all horror movies. The very first episode of this podcast. Yes. Now. Where I'm, I'm excited for the 12th installment of the Halloween franchise. <laughs> so if anyone out there cares... Yeah, Derek, I think right now on the podcast, you have the best character arc. <laughs> that's fair. And you have a better character arc than anybody in Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a low bar. I could eat a ham sandwich for lunch, and that would be a better character arc you than mine. You cleared my... the bar, though, so congrats. <laughs> All right, you ready to get into this, this thing? <laughs> yes. All right, let's get into the, the plot of Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. So the movie opens with a woman... We don't know her name until the end of her sequence, because the whole thing is just kind of a bait-and-switch, which is probably the most effective sequence in the movie, because it's an effective bait-and-switch. Absolutely. And, I, and I mean, let's say that you're watching this in real time with us. You see that she's driving towards Camp Crystal Lake. So, like, immediately off the bat, if this isn't a bait-and-switch, we would need to say, listen, we're nine movies into this. Stop going to Crystal Lake for whatever reason forever and ever like the government should have put a fence around this place a long time ago and chernobyl the crap out of it i was like taking notes in my head why are you going here why are you yep. here why are you doing this well there's a reason a bunch of cliches she's hanging out at a cabin leaving the door open lights go out taking a shower but it turns out she's an fbi agent this is agent marcus and she's trying to draw jason out this is all intentional she's doing she's enacting all these like tropes from horror movies the friday the 13th series to try and lure jason out and i will say it, it was pretty funny like they do the one with like the mirror and then she opens the mirror and closes the mirror and there's yep. no one back there and then she like goes down and then goes back up and there's nobody behind it's her. very self-aware yes it's the only self-aware thing in this movie it's kind of funny this is one of the few sequences that i think works mm-hmm. but anyway jason finally does attack her and she falls over a balcony very close call you know rule to number three do your damn job but don't die in the process mm-hmm. so careful here you're, oh. you're, you're treading lightly and and for my purposes the goal here is to defeat the horror movie yep. like she's here with a plan yeah we didn't know this at the time but we kind of have to grade this retrospectively yeah uh, so you're treading on thin ice we can't really dock you a ton of points nope. but like odds are you're not getting paid enough to do this yeah i hope you get a huge bonus for this agent marcus <laughs> uh by the way rule number one no you're in a horror movie that's the first rule of surviving she's in a horror movie. yeah and she she, she knows. knows but she takes off running into the woods gets jason to follow her into a clearing we think it's gonna be just a classic stupid kill nope hello fbi all the FBI agents are here. The Friday night lights go up. Yep. And literally Friday, the 13th <laughs> night lights. And they just pump them full of uh, many different calibers yep. of lead. Yeah, there's like 
dozens of FBI agents. They fire hundreds of bullets and finally like hit him with a grenade or something or a drone strike. I'm not really sure what it was. Like a like mortar. I don't know. It's weird. And they blow Jason the fuck up like yes. into pieces. Yes. And it is awesome. It is really awesome. It's a pretty kick-ass opening sequence. Yes. And what was fun, when we were talking about it, I was like, Ryan, if I ever made the Friday, made a Friday the 13th movie, that's exactly what I would do. It was like I would make the whole thing just a big old bait-and-switch kind of thing or like Cabin in the Woods. Like, yep. well, this is so weird and out of place, and this isn't what I expected to happen. And then I was like, wow, they did it. They did it. They did it. So congrats. Jason said, are, are we done? Is it over? And the movie ends here. Oh, no, it doesn't. I mean, for all of these agents, it does. Yeah, all these agents pretty much are done. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, There's going to be two more FBI agents in the movie total, but all of these people, as far as we know, they're out of the movie. They're done. Early front runners for Randy Meeks, Merritt Yeah, Yeah, specifically, what was her name again? Agent Marcus. Agent Marcus. So oh. so they drag Jason's body off to the morgue in pieces, and we meet our coroner, a guy named Phil. He's doing the autopsy. And, well, can we talk about this for a second? This would have been a great time to, like, separate these pieces or nuke these pieces mm. or, like, put them in a separate boxes and drop one to the bottom of each ocean. I don't understand why we felt the need to give Jason's body to a coroner and have him pull the bullets out and count them and, like, do a full autopsy. Like, I, I'm not a doctor. It's kind of like that old thing where it's like, you know, I might not be a helicopter pilot, but if I see one in a tree... I know that someone fucked up, right? I know this guy's dead. He's not, but, like, you don't need a coroner to diagnose what happened. And we've seen this before. Coroners have been killed in the Friday the 13th series before. Like, because Jason's dead. He gets taken to the hospital. The next movie opens up. He kills the coroner. Yeah, and and like you say, these movies are repetitive, but, like, come on, guys. do they at least know that he's pretty supernatural at this point? I think they got to assume it. They got to. And, and why else would they send a whole FBI team out to get him? And that's why I'm confused. So if they treat him as dangerous as he is, I don't know why they would keep the pieces together. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I know we just kind of have to yada yada past it, but I mean... It doesn't make much sense. The government is inept. Yes. So as Phil is doing this autopsy, the heart starts beating again, and it like hypnotizes Phil, and he decides to eat the heart. Don't eat hearts. Don't eat the heart. This is just... I don't... Yeah. I. What? The coroner just eats the heart, which is what it is. So, other coroner comes in, and it turns out Phil is now possessed by Jason. Jason can now hop between bodies, which is what he's going to do for this entire movie. Jason is barely in this thing. So, he kills his coroner buddy, and I can't fault coroner buddy. No, the only thing is, like, careful what you say and how you say it. Because, I mean, he's probably dead anyway, but he's just decided to be like, I want to take a shit on your face, Jason. Well, you know, Jason's actually listening, and he takes offense to this. But I'm not going to dock him points, because I don't <laughs> give a shit about speaking ill of the dead. Who would have thought that Jason, the coroner would have eaten Jason's heart and become possessed by him and started attacking people? Like, the whole premise of this movie is insane, and I can't blame anybody for not buying it. The, the only thing... Is that it's Jason Voorhees. They know it's Jason yeah. Voorhees. They know that there's some kind of weird, maybe not supernatural. Obviously, they weren't fully aware, but there's some weirdness going on. So they should still know that they're in a horror movie for as long as Jason's body is in their room. If you're anywhere near Jason Voorhees' body, you're in a horror movie. Yes, but I'm still not going to die. Like, this, no. this is like a tenth of a percent point yeah. here. 
so he kills Coroner, and then Phil goes outside and kills the two FBI agents outside, one of whom is played by Kane Hodder, who plays Jason, which yeah. is funny. Again, because they were talking shit. About Jason. But yeah. again. Same as the second Coroner. This is insanity. All right. We get him. Uh, so it cuts to like a week later, and we get like a TV news clip kind of just explaining the events of the movie so far. And we get a anchor reporter, uh, Robert, who is a douchey unscrupulous reporter he's like a taller version of danny devito and matilda like i'm just waiting for him to sell me a pile of crap car oh i've never seen matilda so (laughs) i don't understand you that's a cinematic sin that you haven't seen matilda okay he's a grimy used car salesman okay so he interviews bounty hunter creighton duke who's played by stephen williams from the x-files uh who i've actually met once in real life nice guy creighton duke is probably the best character in the Friday the 13th series, at least the most memorable, because he's not just a stock teenager. He's an insane bounty hunter. And criminally underused in this movie. Criminally underused. The scenes he does get are gold, especially his scenes in the jail. They're what the fuck, but they're they're gold. Yeah. And he is crazy. He's a crazy man. Yeah, he's kind of motivated by the thrill of the hunt. Yeah. Uh, and and Jason is his white whale. He is Quint from Jaws. Yeah, essentially. And they, they even reference Jaws. Yeah. He's trying to hunt Jason. He hunts serial killers. Jason's surprised, and he knows Jason's not dead, and somehow knows Jason can hop from body to body. Yeah, and they, they yada yada past all of this. He's like, only I know how to kill Jason. How do you know this, Duke? And how do you know that he has relatives? We don't know any of We don't. <laughs> we have eight movies, and we've never heard of any relatives. We pulled a real Halloween franchise yep. and just decided to start giving this main villain siblings. Yeah, this is like real Halloween 5 bullshit. Yes. So, Creighton Duke wants 500 grand to go hunt down Jason, and Robert's company, they are the, the news place, they agree to pay it if, like, afterwards. If you can kill Jason and prove it, they'll, they'll pay it. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, this is not a good idea. Creighton Duke, you have absolutely nothing to do with Jason. Yep. I understand he's your white whale, and, I, and I'm not even going to tell you, like, not to do it, but I'm just going to point out to the listeners, if you really want to go catch a serial killer, maybe don't. Or if you do, pick a different one besides Jason. Yeah. There's easier ones to catch. <laughs> Pretty much all of them. Creighton knows he's in a horror movie the whole time. Yes. So... You know, props there, but yeah, he's weird. Yeah, he he had no business coming into this movie. I'm glad he's here from an entertainment perspective. Otherwise, this movie would have been darn near a zero. Yeah. But this isn't a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, you don't insert yourself in a horror movie if you don't need to. Go catch a gray whale. You don't need the white one. (laughs) So we cut to Crystal Lake. Y'all should move. Yeah, leave! And there's an uh, there, there's a, a diner. It's run by a woman named Joey, who's very like abrasive type. Yep. Uh, her husband Pookie works there. Their son Ward works there, who looks about as Midwestern as you can get. Mm-hmm. We're just introduced to just a fuck ton of characters, like boom, pull you over. Yeah, it was like two for one. Uh, Jason Voorhees burger patties. Yep. Every time you got one new character, you had a second one, and you barely had time to learn their names. So Creighton Duke is here. He's talking to a waitress, Diana, who it turns out is a Voorhees, is like the half-sister of Jason Voorhees. Okay. Sure. We'll I, go with it. I guess. Actually, I don't want to go with it. I, I really don't. But we have to. And he's trying to tell, like, hey, Diana, Jason's still alive. He's coming after you. You're in a horror movie. Help me kill him. And Because you don't have a choice. He's going to keep coming for you. But then, like, he decides to insult, insult Diana's boyfriend, the sheriff, and gets himself arrested. But Why? <laughs> It's weird because it's almost like he's exactly where he wants to be because everyone who needs to be in the know end up being around him anyway. 
So it, it's almost like a real galaxy brain moment, but in an unironic way. Because yeah. he ended up in jail, which is where he wanted to be. I will say, listen, Creighton, man, careful what you say and how you say it. Yeah, like, rule seven. Maybe don't walk up to a complete stranger be like, hey, Jason Voorhees is your brother and you alone have the power to kill him. And by the way, he's coming to get you, your daughter, and your granddaughter. Like, that that's a lot. Also, rule 43, tread cautiously when dealing with the police. <laughs> It's going to work out kind of for Duke until the very end of the movie because, yeah, like you said, he was exactly where he wants to be. He's very uh, a con from Star Trek Into Darkness or the Joker from The Dark Knight. But nothing makes sense, and there's no way he could have predicted that. No, there's absolutely zero reason that he should have had any sort of foresight or any sort of intuition as to what would happen. And then we're also introduced, like, really randomly to our main protagonist, it turns out. We think he's just some random guy at the bar, yeah. at, the, at the diner. Uh, this is Steven, and our first impression, he wears glasses, looks like a nerd. Nope. Welcome to, like, the most badass character in the series. Yeah, what, uh, Breakfast Club. What's his name, the actor? Brian, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Brian, Anthony yep. Michael Hall. He gives off hardcore Anthony Michael Hall vibes. Nope, this guy, this guy fights like a motherfucker. He, he's actually a complete badass. Yep, like, out of nowhere. It's kind of cool. Like, he he's, like, the other decent part of this movie. Yes. So this is Steven. Steven was dating... Diana's daughter, Jessica, Jessica yes. and they have a kid together, but they they are no longer together. Um, he hasn't seen her in a long time. He has never met his kid. Yep. So Diana's like, hey, I need you to come over to my house tonight. I have something to tell you about Jessica. I can't tell you at the diner for some reason. So come to my house tonight and I'll tell you then. Just say it now. Yeah. I mean, are you going to, is there a better time? There's, there's almost never a better time than the present. How about like, if you don't want people over here, just go back real quick. Take a smoke break. Yeah. This is the early 90s. There were still smoking sections for you Gen Z people. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> I survived the Happy Chef smoking section. <laughs> so anyway, that night, Steven's driving to Diana's place, but on the way, he stops to pick up three hitchhikers. There's a rule. Rule number 13, don't pick up hitchhikers. And they're on their way to Crystal Lake because Jason's dead. So, so we can go to Crystal Lake and party now, even though there's been like a news report saying like, what the hell happened to Jason's body? Also, people are dying. There's a lot of things here. I mean, the first one, the obvious one is 32, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yep. But like 21, learn from past events. Yep. I would never, even if Jason was dead, let's say he is dead. Yep. Don't go to Crystal Lake. Don't go to Crystal Lake. I mean, I know I'm spoiled. I'm from Minnesota. We have... 9,999 other lakes. It's actually like 11,500 other lakes. Whatever. Not the point. So I can pick another lake. Go to a different lake. Yep. Don't go to this one. I know you people in New Jersey have one lake probably. but Go to the ocean. New Jersey's not that big. Just leave New Jersey. Yeah, is this still canon in New Jersey? Yep. I guess they did have like New England accents in this movie. Not you're, quite. You're giving the movie too much credit. <laughs> you're right. I am. So he drops them off at Camp Crystal Lake. One of them is like, hey, why don't you come skimmy dipping with us? And seems like... Uh, no, I gotta go see my ex's mom. <laughs> Bye. Hey, good guy, Steven, and also yeah. he followed Randy Meek's rules to surviving a horror movie. Yep, yep. He did not drink or have sex. Yep. And Steven survives the movie. So, I mean, correlation, causation, yep. yeah, who knows? So, okay, there's three of these, these horny teenagers. Two of them go off to the tent to have sex. Third one's on her own. She gets killed. Okay. We already discussed these rules. Learn yep. from past events and play stupid games and win stupid prizes. Maybe throw in constant vigilance. Sure. Because, like... Camping in the woods. But, I mean, also, Jason doesn't look like Jason. Yeah, he looks like Phil a coroner. Yeah, he looks like a coroner now. Yep. In, like, a surgeon's jacket. So, like... Eh. So, Phil kills her and then kills horny couple. And the, the girl of the horny couple has, like, the coolest death of the series. Where he takes, like, a signpost 
shoves it through her gut while she's having sex, and then rips her in half with it. It's fucking awesome. It's so cool. This is your element. Yes. Yeah, uh, this is probably my favorite kill in the entire franchise. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here wondering why there was basically like a miniature porno in yeah, the middle of it's the... it's gratuitous. Like, it, it, it's gratuitous and way too long. Oh, but for the record, I should mention we did watch the unrated version. Sure. So that might give us some more nudity. Probably and definitely gave us a little bit more gore. But like the gore in this movie is so good that I it's like two extra minutes of footage and I just really wanted to watch the unrated version. I I, I think we had like three nude semi nude scenes and I was just like wow that's a lot even for watch, these types of movies. <laughs> you haven't seen Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. You're right, I have that guy. That movie is directed by a porn director. Oh boy. Yeah that that one's the the sleaziest one. Sure. So so anyway, Diana leaves the diner. Um, she's gonna go home. She's scared. She knows she's in a horror movie. We meet Deputy Josh, who's a deputy, and he's getting picked up by his girlfriend. And Phil the Coroner comes out, immediately just kills the girlfriend and kidnaps Deputy Josh. And we're at the Voorhees house now. He So Phil takes uh, Josh to the uh, uh, Voorhees house, where all of a sudden we're in a BDSM scene. Where yeah, he's tied up, like leather straps. Yep. It is the most homoerotic thing ever. And is, like, shaving him, getting rid of his big old mustache. Yep. And basically, he's prepping him to get him ready for a soul transfer. But there's going to be multiple soul transfers in this movie, and we never go this hard again. No, that's why... I, I mean, when you say homoerotic, I literally think it was just an excuse to maybe put some of that in the movie. Which is fine, but, like... But why? Like, the, <laughs> he shaves his mustache with a straight edge and spits the hellworm into his mouth. Yeah. Like, Yeah, so the, to pass on his soul, it's like a giant worm thing that is jason apparently and so he just like open mouth kisses josh and passes on slug thing into that's how the the worm gets the jason worm gets passed around this movie you know there there's a there's a video on the internet there are a lot of videos on the internet imagine that but there's one out there where there's like a, a a dead fish on the beach and then there's like a live fish near that fish and then a like a worm eel thing comes out of the dead fish and goes like into the other thing gross this whole movie, I was just thinking of that video. And it was one of those scarring videos that I think I saw on, like, early YouTube days before oh. there was any sort of filter. Oh, uh, back in the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, this scene's weird, but okay, Josh is now Jason. Deputy Deputy Jason. Should we tell Josh? Hey, congrats, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I and, and now Phil's dead. Okay. I don't know what to say about this. So let's move on. So, Diana, she goes home and she gets on the phone with her daughter, Jessica. The phone call gets interrupted because Deputy Josh Jason arrives and attacks her. Um, phone goes dead. Jessica's like, oh, that's not good, and calls the cops. Good for Jessica. Yeah, good for you. So Deputy Josh Jason attacks Diana, and Diana can see in the reflection in the mirror, oh, it's Jason. Okay, he's like a reverse vampire. Yes, it is, or like a different version. Like, instead of having no reflection, it shows a true reflection. I don't know. Like... I guess it is like a it is like a vampire because isn't the point of like a vampire like it sh- it reflects your soul the mirror reflects the soul and vampires don't have them anymore. I guess. And if it's Jason's soul, I'm I'm overanalyzing this. Whatever. When he, when he sees a reflection, it's yep. Jason and not the body that he's taken over. Let so, me tell you something. I would bring a mirror everywhere. <laughs> so Steven shows up after Diana shoots Je- Jason Josh, but he comes back to life immediately. Double tap. Rule six. Mm-hmm. Uh, but lock and load. That's good. Rule five. Yes. So what ends up happening is Deputy Josh Jason uh, throws an ice pick into Diana's back, and then Steven tosses him out a window. Again, very Halloween-esque. Yep. 
Uh, especially with what's going to happen next. Yes. So Dan is like, you need to protect Stephanie for some reason. Which is the baby. So Jessica and Stephanie. Jessica and Stephanie. Yeah, that's right. Jessica has the baby Stephanie. Yeah. I, I keep getting those two names mixed up. <laughs> and then the sheriff arrives. He's devastated because his girlfriend's dead. And seems like, yeah, it was Deputy Josh. And then, like, look out the window. Oh, no, he's gone. Okay, Michael Myers. And then he proceeds to go, you have to believe me. And then he, like, looks at the blood on his hands and just kind of sighs, like... Damn it. <sighs> because, I mean, even you and I, we looked at each other. We're like, ah, what, what, do you, <laughs> what do you do? Like, you're going to get arrested. All you have to do is be like, hey, fingerprint the crime scene. You're going to find Deputy Josh's fingerprints everywhere. Yeah. They it, don't do that. It, it wasn't me. So, Sheriff, <laughs> rule number three, do your damn job. Yeah. Now, in fairness, maybe he would have done it later. Yeah. Um, but we, we cut, we're going to find Vicky cleaning, cleaning the crime scene. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so at, at some point, the police completely fail here. Yes. Also, did nobody take note when uh, Deputy Josh Jason doesn't show up to work the next day? Like, did he have that day on vacation? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Almost like they didn't think about the script too much when <laughs> writing it. <laughs> Absolutely It's almost not. like this movie's not very good. Uh, so, Stevie gets arrested. Jessica, she gets the news that her mom's dead. She returns home with her baby and her new boyfriend, Robert, the sleazy news guy. And then we meet Vicky, who is also an employee at the diner. And she's also Jessica's friend. And she's cleaning, trying to clean up the blood, but failing miserably. Yeah. Nice thing to do. It's, it's, it's a good thing. It's, I'm not that nice. I would just say get new carpet, bro. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, just get new carpet. So Vicky decides to babysit the baby while Jessica and Robert go to the police station to, like, do stuff. Whatever. So Duke and Steven end up in cells next to each other. And Duke, it's exposition time. We're going to get all the exposition we're ever going to need. But... Comes at a price. And for some reason, whenever Steven asks a question, Duke's like, okay, I'll answer your question, but I get to break one of your fingers. But why? <laughs> and I thought this was going somewhere clever. Nope. <laughs> but it, 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 it almost did. It set it up like it was going to be something clever. And then they just decided, no, we're not doing that. And he's just a weird dude. It, it's a good character, like, establishing moment for both Duke and Steven. Yeah. Because we learn that uh, Stephen will do anything it takes to save his uh, baby mama and his baby. Yep. Uh, and we learn that uh, Duke is kind of crazy. Yeah, he's fucking nuts. Like, like we knew he was nuts. But he's, like, uh, sadistic nuts. So here's the expedition dump. When Jason moves from body to body, they start melting down. And the only way he can, like, permanently come back to life is if he gets in a body of a Voorhees, a blood relative. Unicorn blood can sustain him, but it cannot give him a body of his own. Yes, exactly. He essentially needs the Sorcerer's Stone, yeah, which happens to be a relative. Yes. But on the flip side, the only person who could permanently kill Jason is a Voorhees relative. So, yeah. Uh, you could call that a double-edged knife. Yes. Double-edged magic dagger. Yes, that, that, that's where I was going with it. A double-edged machete. Yep. <laughs> so there's only two Voorhees left, Stephanie and uh, Jessica. Stephanie's a baby. So, Jessica... You're up. <laughs> Sounds like someone needs to take like a, a swab and do like Jason on Ancestry.com <laughs> and sign him up to like find lost relatives. How'd you like to be that person who opens up like your third cousins with Jason Voorhees? Oh shit. <laughs> so S- Steven's like goal is like, okay, gotta protect Jessica and Stephanie long enough for Jessica to kill Jason. That's the goal. Yeah. And I get it. It's his kid. If it was just his ex-girlfriend, I'd be like, Steven, you need to leave, bro. Yeah. Uh, rule number... Um, 35? Uh, 35, no one to cut ties. Yeah, no one to cut ties. But it's your baby. That's fine. I, I I get it. For surviving, this is clearly not the best move. Yeah, but, you know, if, if it's, like, family or, like, your, your your wife or husband, you know, or, or, like, your parents or your kid, I, I, I allow this rule to be broken. 
and I, I don't really hold it against you. It's still points off for surviving, yeah. but it's not like points off for stupidity. But when, like, we're, if we get to the final tallies so for like Randy Meeks and Night and the Living Club, it's something I just completely ignore in this case. Sure. Like technically, it's a rule violation, but I, I almost like we're gonna drop all charges on that front. Yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're just not doing it uh, because I get it. Yeah. And Dominic Toretto will be proud. Yes. Of it's, it's all about family. So Stephen calls in the deputy, Deputy Randy, who's he, he's actually friends with. Yep. I think they uh, like went to high school together or something like that is what they're, uh, it seems like. So they're buddies. And he does the old like, oh, I'm sick, except it's, oh, he broke my fingers, <laughs> except it's true. <laughs> it's the old like sick prisoner trick, but it's actually <laughs> accurate. <laughs> hey, this fucker broke my fingers. Come here. Let me out of this. Oh, I'm going to attack you. Steal your gun and lock you in the cell instead. Bye, Randy. It's funny. It's funny. It's It's funny. A freaking Duke. <laughs> so, okay, for Randy, how about you stay away from the bars, even if you're friends with the guy? Yeah, uh, th- This is doing your damn job and not dying in the process. Rule four to keep your distance. And rule four to keep your distance. Uh, and, your also, and also trust no one. Yeah, rule 24, trust no one. Everybody's a suspect! A uh, situation like this, this is a time to trust no one. Yes. Poor Randy. Randy gets just <laughs> shit on this whole movie. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Steven escapes. Vicky brings the baby to work. And they get a phone call, like, hey, Steven escaped. Be careful. So they lock and load. Uh, owner Joey's like, oh, fuck this guy. I'm going to lock and load right now. Which, I mean, Fair you, enough. you know what? Good on them. Because, like, one, they're doing their jobs, which is keeping their business running. But they're like, hey, hide the baby in the back. And for all they know, Steven did kill Diana. Yeah. I mean, all evidence at this point points to that. I mean, the cops all, suck. Y- yeah, the reason we don't have more better evidence, more, I should say more and better yep. evidence, is because the police are horrible. But yes. that's, that's not Joey's fault. And that's not, what, what's her husband's name? Uh, Pookie. Pookie is not Pookie's fault, Ward's fault. No. And, and Ward actually just doesn't believe it. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, maybe Ward and Steven went to high school together, too. Yeah, Steven is friends with everyone. It was, it was actually one of the more beautiful subtleties of the movie is like everyone seems to like steven yep at least enough to where they're like we don't we're not really sure so i I enjoyed that part of the movie yeah like i said steven is one of the the strengths of this movie yes Uh, a rare final guy in a horror movie which is kind of fun and uh, he's a good one he's a good one yes he is so uh steven slips in the back uh to, to check on the baby and ward's like oh hey steven here take my car Okay, Ward, um, that's aiding and abetting, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's probably some rule violation here for Ward. I'm not exactly sure what it would be, but, like, uh, it's still probably a trust no one. Yeah. Probably knowing when to cut ties a yeah. little bit, too. But, I mean, we're also assuming that, like, Ward trusts the cops. Yep. And I, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. A lot of these supporting characters, we don't really know anything about them. Yeah. This, the, like, these things happen, and then there's no explanation as to why it wasn't established. And no then, setup, no payoff. Yeah. It's just things happen. In this things movie. happen. So Steven goes to the Voorhees house, and Robert shows up there. And it turns out Robert has fucking stolen Diana's body from the morgue. This is also a, a fucking serious crime. Rule four, don't be a menace. Yes. And his plan is he wants to shoot, like, a special on the Voorhees house. And that's the only reason he's dating uh, Jessica. And he's going to have, like, a camera crew here. He's going to invite the cops, and they're all going to find Diana's body together. What the fuck? This is fucked. This guy sucks. Yeah. He's going to get his just desserts very quickly here. So Steven hides and actually knocks Diana's body down into the basement, which is kind of funny and doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he goes into the closet to hide from Robert, but the floor falls through, and then Diana's body doesn't fall. But then, like, five minutes later, it does fall just kind of randomly out of nowhere after we conveniently found out that it was in there. Yep. 
Robert didn't hear him in the closet. Well, he was being attacked by Deputy Josh Jason, to be fair. That's true. So Deputy Josh Jason attacks, and French kisses Robert to pass on Jason's soul. And then Deputy Josh just melts. Yeah, uh, real Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh, but dialed up to like 12. Uh, a little bit of the fly, some David Cronenberg body horror just melting. This is really cool. This is another highlight of the film for me. Yeah, Josh just melts. His jaw is falling off of his face. Yep. It's awesome. Um, but now we have Robert Jason. News Jason. Yes. I'm going to call him News Jason. <laughs> Breaking News Jason. Because <laughs> he breaks people. Yes, he does. Robert, you shouldn't have been trespassing, no. and you shouldn't have stolen bodies. Yep. Don't be uh, honest. You had no reason to be here. As for the actual death itself, it's just kind of a culmination of those things that led him to that moment, but he never really had a chance to realize no. and fight or flee or anything like no. that. No, but so. like, he shouldn't have been in this movie. Yes. To stay in your lane and stick to your news broadcasts. So Jessica's taking a shower, and the power goes out, and she immediately assumes she's in a horror movie and grabs a hammer. Lock and load. Good on you. And Robert, News Jason, is behind her. It's her boyfriend. It's fine. Oh, no. Tries to demon worm her. Um, uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. So Steven ends up coming in and rescuing her and, like, just just drags her out of the house. But she's like, you killed my mom, you fucker. <laughs> like, are you going to just forget about the... Like, okay, there's a new rule, Okay. And it's one you told me about that you just did. Sorting out your priorities. She needs to sort out her priorities. You literally just got attacked by your boyfriend. I mean, and, and for all you know, it is your boyfriend. Got saved by your baby daddy. And now you're mad immediately about the whole situation before you get away from the guy who was just trying to murder yeah. you. Sort out your priorities. Like... Get away from Steven, sure, but get away, get away from Robert first. And right now, Steven presents no threat to you. He like, yep. He's like, no, we need to go. We need to get out of yep. here. It, like, There's a difference between kidnapping and, like... Uh, Escaping. Uh, having some urgency, yep. you know? And, and I understand where this can get maybe conflated, but maybe it's a part of Jessica not panicking. Like, I don't know if there is some unspoken rule ten at work here where she's just like, you killed my mom, get away from me, I'm angry. It's like, okay, but you nearly just got murdered. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she's having a hard time processing that her boyfriend tried to kill her. I don't know. And, and and that's where it gets tricky. Yep. Even if she's having trouble processing, it's still a rule break. And I want to say, that's fair. sort out your priorities. Sort out your priorities. They get away because Steven uses the car as a weapon, which is rule number 39. And he runs over Robert Jason News Jason twice. Very Double nice. taps. Double taps. It's not going to kill him, but, you know, nice. And uh, well, he's even going to say, like, you saw me do that. He should dead. be dead, right? Right? And, and, and to be fair, Steven knows he can't kill him. Yes. He, he's just like, I'm going to cripple him, and hopefully it'll slow him down. And I just, I like how he set that up for Jessica to find out later. He's like, listen, I killed him. Very clearly, right? And she's like, yeah, you killed him. Wow, you killed him. Well, later when he's not dead, she's thinking, well, damn. Hey, Steven is telling the truth. Steven is not a liar. <laughs> uh, so Jessica has him pull over. And Steven tries to explain himself, doesn't do a great job. Rule number nine, be careful what you say and how you say it. Yeah, and she was already pretty, I don't want to say, like, unreceptive, but she was not going to have any of it. Yeah, she, yeah. I I don't even know how to phrase this. Yeah. Because, yeah, be careful what you say and how you say it, but the situation didn't really allow for a break in the action for him to actually, like, you know, this would be the time where you sit down at a coffee shop and then you calmly explain. Yeah. What's going on? They never really get that moment. Steven, good chance might not have been able to say anything that would convince her, but 
even still, he did a bad job. Yes. Do better. Probably his worst moment in the movie. Agreed. So she kicks his ass out the car, <laughs> yeets him out and just drives oh, off. Oh, groin shot. Fight dirty, yeah. by Oh, the fight way. dirty. Absolutely fight dirty. Rule number 20, fight dirty. And drives off. Fair enough. Yep. Absolutely fair. And she gets to the police station and tells them what's going on. So Deputy Randy drives out there and picks up Steven. And this is probably the funniest moment in the movie, where Steven and Randy get into a big fight. And Randy, eventually, they're, like, they're tired from fighting. And Randy's like, get in the car. Or, or do I have to cuff you? And Steven's like, no, you get in the car. And Randy's like, I have a gun. And Steven pulls out his gun. I have a gun. Fuck that. And they point them at each other. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yes. But then Randy mentions that Jessica's at the police station. Seems like, well, I got to protect Jessica. All right, cuff me. Cuff He's, me, bro. Cuff me. So Robert Jason storms the police station and just starts yeeting cops uh, out of his way to their deaths. Jessica, you're in a horror movie, and it's Robert. Yeah, and for all the cops in the station, I don't know if this is like, do your damn job, don't panic, keep your distance, take the shot. I Like, there, like all of this happens so quickly that yep. I don't even know how to keep tally of yep. the mismanagement of the situation. Yeah, there's definitely a, a lot of keep your distance, but they assume it's just some guy who's dying, and it... it We'll get to this in a second. So, uh, <laughs> Randy and Steven arrive and see Robert Jason. So, Steven jumps over his own handcuffs yep. to get him in front of his hands, steals Randy's gun. Elbows him in the face. Knocks him out and just empties his clip into Robert Jason, including a headshot. Holy shit, who is this guy? This is the most badass moment of the movie. Yeah. Like, like, for a protagonist. Like, I know that you love the, the tent gore, but, like... This, oh, this is the most badass moment yeah. in the movie. Yeah. He does actually do this stunt, I swear, where yep. he jumps over his own, like, hands. Because they're behind his back. Yeah. He jumps over them so they're in front of him so he could steal the gun. Yes. It, it was so smooth. Yeah. It was, it, like, silky smooth. It was silky smooth. Now, it sounds like, I feel like it, we're making this movie sound like it's better than it is by accident. I just want to reiterate, this movie sucks. This movie sucks. Don't watch it. Maybe this is on YouTube. Yeah. You know, uh, here, I'll, I'll go ahead and do this. Watch Dead Meat's kill count on this movie, because he gives you all the highlights in, like, nine minutes. It's like a nine-minute video, and it, you get all the highlights. You get all the good stuff. So just watch the, the kill count on this movie. Did we even talk about how the DVD came with a just cut to the death? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a cut to the death so feature. So, like, instead of, like, a scene selection, which they, they have a scene yeah. selection, but they have another one that's just, like, cut to the death. We know why you're here. <laughs> Let's cut to the deaths. <laughs> cut to the chase. So he headshots Robert and escapes with Jessica. And Duke, meanwhile, attacks like a panicking cop and escapes as well. But a couple of cops, they uh, they approach Robert's body. And he's got clearly has a headshot through his brain. But somehow is still alive because like, he's still... Oh, call an ambulance. I can't even blame them. It's a dead body. <laughs> y- yeah, I... These cops I don't really have anything no. for. There's There's not enough. No. Supernatural bullshit just happens sometimes. I, I don't want to chalk it up to that, but like but sometimes that is the case. You know, you know th- that first step, the first time you realize you're in a horror movie, that zone. If you get killed before you really have a fair chance to know you're in a horror movie, what can you do? Yeah, you know, sometimes it just bullshit happens. Yep, and you're dead. Um, you can only do what you can with the information you have, and these cops had like no information. Right, there's a dead body here. Which is another fault on the other cops for not, like, getting on the radio at some point and being like, listen, this undead dude is murdering everybody. And yeah. then, like, everyone's like, what? And then you go into the cop station, everyone's dead, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Time to leave. So, Steven and Jessica, they go to the diner. Joey, the owner, shields them all at gunpoint and, and wants to call the cops, but phone's dead. 
So she sends her son Ward to go over to the police station, and he just immediately gets killed by Robert Jason. Womp womp. Yeah, he's got to take the shot yeah, and get a gun. distance. Everybody, everybody here is locked and loaded. Yeah. And, and also for Joey, like, if the mom wants to take her kid back, and, like, I understand she might be with a felon. I know you might be trying to, like, protect the kid, but, like... I don't know. It just, it feels, that felt weird. Yeah. I don't know. Ryan, what do you do if you're Joey? Well, I mean, I get wanting to protect a kid. It's a noble thing to do, especially if you think, like, you think Steven is a killer, and this, this hysterical woman is with this killer. You know, definitely get the cops involved, I think. I can't really blame her for this, because you have no reason to suspect there's another killer. You you hold Steven at gunpoint, boom. You get the cops there, horror movie's over, but there's another, a real killer. So it's just kind of a shitty situation because you're in a weird ass shitty movie. Yeah, that's that's this is a very nuanced shitty situation. Yeah, so I I can't really blame her too much because she's doing, you know, if you wanted to be a shitty person, but can you live with yourself for letting a kid go away with a killer? Yeah, you know, if we're still because Joey is still kind of grounded in some level of reality. Yep. Uh, so maybe I can see it. I yeah. can get there. So yeah, another thing I should mention in these horror movies is not only do you have to live, but you have to be able to live with yourself at the end. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's something you can work out with a therapist if you live. Yeah. But, you know, can you live with yourself if you let a kid get taken away by a killer? I don't know if I could. Uh, so I, I can't really fault Joey too much. Right. For being such an abrasive character. You know, <laughs> right. Like, in like, a kind of a cartoon, she uh, actually makes a little bit of sense. Yep. So we're going to get a diner shootout. Just like, oh, how, here's a Western action sequence. Yeah. And Robert Jason is going to get riddled with bullet holes and doesn't give a fuck. Yes. He kills a random diner patron. He kills Pookie. He kills Joey. He kills Vicky. Holy shit. Who all had guns, by the way. Yeah. And all took plenty of shots and did, I mean, everything that could reasonably be expected to defend yourself yeah. against a normal horror movie. Yeah. yeah. And you, that's not Jason Voorhees. That's just some random dude. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, the only one that I can say is, like, bad, bad is the restaurant patron who just kind of, like, ran into him yeah. and then got killed yeah um but like for keep the, your distance but yeah keep your distance or i don't know do anything else you know pookie panicked a little bit he only fired one shot you know more shots yes um, so that that you know then joey got too close and she got killed keep your distance and then vicky does impale robert jason on a pipe but then he grabs her and pulls her onto the pipe as well keep your distance yeah um, so they all get killed steven and uh jessica kind of freeze up and Robert Jason just collapses because <laughs> he's been shot so many yeah. times, which is funny. Yeah. So we just yachted through a lot of that. I know that we've already kind of said, like, hey, you know, we got to protect the kid. But I don't know that everyone in the diner necessarily needed to be there. So for survival, I feel like it's very important for me to say, like, at some point, like, what was what was the, the, the friend's name who got impaled? Uh, Vicky. Vicky. Vicky, you could have easily gotten away and just known when to cut ties and survive this movie. Now, yep. I understand, like, you need to be able to live with yourself and you're protecting your friend, you're protecting your friend's kid. Yep. Like, I understand the motivations, but this is still a technical rule, yep. 35 uh, yep. rule violation of knowing when to cut ties. Yep. And, and being a good Samaritan. And now, if, if let's say there's a, a demonic serial killer uh, coming after your kid, Derek. Ah. I'm going to help you fight this demonic serial killer. I will help protect your kid. Thank you. You're welcome. That's, that's nice of you. Yes. I would, I would pull a Vicky. Hopefully I would do a better job at the end and keep my distance. Yeah. Uh, you know, stab with the metal pole and then back up. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, I, I can understand the motivation for uh, sure. Yeah, I can follow the motivation. Yep. I just wanted to say like, hey, 
on this podcast, a lot of the time we're just like, listen, the goal is survival. Yeah, it's not. Survival. It's not about these different sort of subplot goals or yes. whatever. So um, the, the, this is our lens, and I wanted to be technical for yes, a second. But like, yeah, I get it. Minor violations. It gets weird. Um, you know, it's not until when you're not at living club or anything like that. No, absolutely and, not. There's a note from uh, Creighton Duke where the baby was staying. Duke has taken the baby to the Voorhees house. How the fuck did he beat Stephen and Jessica here? I don't know. He's Cause, Creighton Duke. Because, like, I know that Jason teleports in this movie, like, several times, and the timeline doesn't fit together very well. But how does Creighton Duke do it? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So, whatever. Yeah. I, I got nothing for you on that one. So, uh, Jessica runs off alone because the note tells her to come alone because anyone could be Jason besides her. So, she leaves. Steven's still going to go after her, though. And she gets to the Vorhees house, finds Duke and Stephanie the baby. Duke fills her in on what's going on and gives her a magical dagger to kill Jason. And at first, it's just like a typical knife, but then he hands it to her and it turns into a magic dagger. What is this fucking bullshit? Yeah, this is some Stonehenge magic bullshit right here. And honestly, if you're Jessica, this is where it should have maybe convinced you that he's right. Yeah, that's some supernatural weirdness, yeah. Also, Robert should be dead. Yes. Like, yeah. Many times over. And he's like, hey, you you know, you can leave, but he will keep coming. Like, you cannot escape this horror movie. You have to end it. All right? Yeah. Fair enough. And this convinces her. Meanwhile, uh, a cop, we don't know which cop this is, gets attacked by Robert Jason, and it's going to try to be suspenseful. Like, oh, no, who's the new Jason? It's stupid. It's, it's, it's really lazy and kind of pointless. Yeah. So Duke actually ends up falling into the basement because this, this house is rotted. It's just falling apart. And he just impales his legs, so he's pretty worthless in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Which is a bummer. So we have the sheriff arrives. Deputy Randy both arrive, acting fairly normal. And everyone else who's been possessed by Jason can't talk, but they both talk. Yeah. What? Lazy bullshit. Um, she ends up, Jessica ends up stabbing the sheriff because he keeps getting close to her. Keep your distance, sheriff. Yeah. And Randy, turns out, is the new Jason. And he tries to pass the demon worm onto the baby. Yep. I, I hate it. Yeah. Steven ends up showing up and he, like, decapitates Randy. <laughs> Nearly headless. Nearly headless. And then the Jason slug pops out of the head. Crawls around, Steven yeets it away, it goes down into the basement, and crawls up Diana's vagina and possesses her body. We cannot make this stuff up. This happened. This is real. Like, this is like a reverse version of how uncomfortable it was with Leprechaun 4. Yep. It's just like, this is wholly unnecessary. But... I mean, this movie is just going to do what it's going to do. I, it, it's stupid. So they get Duke out of the basement, and it seems like, hey, Duke, it, can Jason take over a dead dead Voorhees? And he's like, yep. Okay, mm. <laughs> Jason's back, because he got inside of Diana's dead body. And I guess that gives him his old, decrepit body, and not just a body that won't, like, deteriorate, decompose on. I don't know, melt. It's weird. Okay, sure, fine, I guess. So Jessica ends up, like, n- dropping her dagger underneath a dresser, and so she and Steven trying to get it back. And she is so worthless. Like, she's got the baby in one hand, and she's got just a half-ass attempt at grabbing this dagger out from underneath this dresser. And by the way, Steven is not doing a very good job at lifting this dresser no. either. Like, he well, he had nothing in his hands. Why did she need to get the dagger? Why don't you go get the dagger, give it to her, or take the baby? Like, there's this moment in A Quiet Place when she's like, my my arms were empty. I could have been holding him. 
Steven, your arms are empty. You can be like, I know you don't know what to do with your hands, but do something. Rule seven, don't leave your weapon behind. Don't drop your weapon underneath the yeah, dresser. Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. And then like she actually knocks it down in the basement through a hole in the floor. You are worthless, Jessica. How do you manage to, like you're the chosen one, but you're like so inept. You're so worthless. Our lives are in your hands and you have butter fingers. <laughs> So, Duke tries to buy some time by handcuffing himself to a table and then handcuffing his other hand to Jason. Well, Jason's had enough of this shit and just breaks Duke's back. Yep. Duke, you didn't need to be in this movie. Right. Uh, you, you just shouldn't have gotten involved. We, we discussed earlier, he, you know, this is Captain Ahab and the White Whale. I mean, classic storyline, and the monster took him down. And th- these were all conscious choices. Yep. You know, his goal was not to survive the movie. This had dr loomis written all over it do your damn job but don't die in the process yeah bounty hunter even though there's nobody left to pay him because robert yeah died. yeah they even addressed that like you're not gonna get any money out of this and he's like yeah, it's not about money anymore fucking why has jason ever made this personal with you no right. not as far as we know right again he just loves the thrill of the hunt and just wants to or is he like chaotic good i we don't really ever learn his motives all Which that well. Really we just too know, bad. Yeah, right. Like, because he's a crazy bounty hunter, he doesn't necessarily need firm motives. But like, give us something. So Stephen's gonna buy some time, and he tackles Jason out the window, and they're gonna fight in the front yard. Now, okay, rule forty: keep your distance. You've seen what this guy can do in close quarters. Yes, yeah. but Stephen's gonna put up a hell of a fight. Yes, it's pretty impressive. Jessica's gonna get the dagger, and while Jason and Stephen are fighting, she's gonna stab. Well, while Jason is playing with his food, playing with his food, she stabs Jason, and it causes him to get dragged to hell, almost pulling Stephen with. It's very uh, Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Yeah, but uh, Jessica rescues Stephen, pulls him away. So Jason gets pulled to hell, leaving only his hockey mask behind. And Steven, Jessica, and Stephanie they walk off to the sunset. The final scene of the movie: Jason's mask is lying on the ground. Freddy Krueger's hand pops out of the ground, grabs Jason's mask, pulls it into the ground, setting up Freddy versus Jason, which won't come out for another 10 years. <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> this is going to be another Friday the 13th movie, Jason X, Jason Goes to Space, in between now and Freddy versus Jason, which is just hilarious. But that is Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. It's over. What a piece of shit. What a terrible film. Uh, so I don't have any new rules because this movie's goddamn bullshit. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there are, there's nothing. Yeah, that, like it doesn't deserve any rules. No. Uh, so let's get into some awards. First, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. And this, of course, is based off Randy from Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Um, What do you think? There are only two possible answers, in my opinion. I think it's either Steven for being just generally a badass, or Agent Marcus from the beginning. I want to go a little broader. Sure. Um, I, I definitely want to give an honorable mention to Steven. For, as, as far as final protagonists go, pretty solid. Made yeah. a few mistakes. But I want to give it to the FBI as a whole. Agent Marcus and all the agents who were waiting for the trap. Sure. Because they per- executed this plan of perfection. And I just want to say, like, you know, good for those guys who are out uh, the, the trap because they were all in a group. And not putting their lives on the line as much as Agent Marcus. That, and, that, and that's true. Yep. So I, I just want to give it to the FBI. That's that's fine. I I will allow for that. But yeah, and, and then, you know, I know there's two FBI agents there who are standing guard, but, like, I can't even blame them for getting killed by Phil the coroner. Like, yeah. who, who the fuck could have seen that coming? Yeah. So FBI, they're the Randy Meeks merit badge winners. Good for the, the government agents. Sorry, Stephen. You have a couple knocks. Yep. And also, like, you didn't really need to be in this movie. Right. So by the letter of the law... 
we have to... You know, if the FBI wasn't so competent in this movie, you would have won. You know, if the neighbors in Halloween are the gold standard for avoiding a horror movie, this is kind of the gold standard for defeating it. Yeah, you do it in like five minutes. Yes. Five minutes in the horror movie and you're done. Yes. Congrats. Uh, but honorable mention to Steven for sure. Yes. I want to make that clear. Yeah. Now, Night of the Living Club, which is the worst job at following the rules, and this is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, the worst movie character of all time. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. This one's tricky. It's maybe tricky, but maybe not as tricky as you think it is. I I guess here, you, 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 who do you think? Like, like give, give a couple options and I'll let you know my thoughts. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, I think the three hitchhikers who go to Crystal Lake are pretty bad just for just playing with fire, like trying to do that. Uh, could be Robert for being such a menace and this skeezy, slimy scheme, putting himself directly in the cross uh, crosshairs for no good reason. Could do the police station just as a whole because they all kind of suck and they don't do their jobs very well. You could do Jessica because she's so worthless in the finale, but she does kill Jason and she has a couple of okay moments earlier in the movie. So I feel like you're going to lean towards Jessica. I'm not leaning towards okay. Jessica. I'm uh, I'm actually leaning towards Robert. And you didn't even mention Diana, who didn't listen to anything that like Creighton Duke had to True. tell her. And then I mean, she put up a good fight yep. with Jason, which is what kind of disqualifies her yep. from winning this, in my opinion, or lo- losing this, in my opinion. Robert went out of his way to date someone who's in the Voorhees family, so that he could steal a body. Well, not necessarily to steal a body, but so this was all for money. It was money motivated and he didn't need to be in this movie at all. And I mean, we didn't even mention like getting greedy, but he did it for the money. Yep, he did for the money. So like he had no reason to be here and all he did was show up and be a menace and insert himself in these horrible situations in these really unforgivable ways. Yeah, stealing bodies. And, 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 you know, he got his comeuppance, but it was entirely his fault. The teenagers are bad. Teenagers are bad. Because, like, they went back to, to, to Crystal Lake, but, like, they don't watch the news. And... So did Robert. He went back to Crystal Lake. The town. Yes. Um, yes. And, and stuff has happened in the town. Not a whole lot. It's usually at the camps, but stuff has happened in town before in these movies. Rule 44, don't get greedy. Yes. That's the rule. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you leaning towards Robert. Yeah. Everything the campers did, Robert also did, technically. Yeah. And Robert just sucks so hard. Mm-hmm. He knew he was in a horror movie because he's the one who put Creighton Duke on the case. Yep. And if you're going to do that, fine, but don't go to the town where this is happening. Yeah. Or, like, why film the special today? Why don't you wait until Jason is, like, dead? But clearly he wanted it to be like, we're in the middle of the action. Let's say everything went according to plan, and the cops, they came for the special, and they find Diana's body altogether. What if you left some evidence on there, and they figure out you're the one who stole Diana's body? I mean, they're not going to fingerprint the place. That's we already, fair. We already know That's this. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. That's um, fair. And I do want to give a dishonorable mention to the cops for not doing oh, that. Yeah, um, they're the cops are awful. Uh, Jessica's awful. The teenagers are awful. Yeah. There's a lot of ineptitude in this yep. movie. But honestly, I, I am with you. I think Robert is the best call. Yes. Uh, so Robert is the Night of Living Club, and he's not so living anymore. Not so living anymore. Thank God. Because this dude sucks. Yes. Um, We're done. Thank God. We're, we're, through, we're through hell. We made it through hell. This is definitely the final Friday. There definitely isn't three more. Yeah, this is called Jason Goes to Hell. Like he was, like, he, We were never in hell. But the, the movie is not we go to hell. The movie is Jason Goes to Hell. So Jason did go to hell. That did happen. So let's go to the wheel. Let's go to the wheel. So in two spots in the wheel, we have Jason X now, uh, replacing Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, then we have It, Texas Chainsaw 3D, Don't Breathe, Bride of Chucky, Leprechaun Origins, and The Exorcist for the Beginning. Derek, go ahead and spin the wheel. 
Jason X. All right, we're getting right into it. Cool. Uh, we're, we're just going to do Jason X next week, which is fun. I like Jason X. Jason goes to space. Jason in space. Um, so we'll do Jason, go, Jason X next week, which is good because then after that, we'll open Freddy versus Jason up um, and we can get the Nightmare on Elm Street series going again. So that's fun. Uh, I'm actually excited for Jason X. I really like that movie. It's not a great movie, but it knows exactly what it is and has a lot of fun with it. So Jason X, uh, as long as Josh is available, should we should be doing Jason X next week. Awesome. Um, that's fun. Derek, thanks for doing this. Absolutely. This is all your fault. I, I asked for this. <laughs> you asked for this. If I'm going to suffer, I might as well really suffer. And I got good news for you. As a, as a president, you get to keep my uh, my DVD of Jason Goes to Hell. What a pile of shit. Because I have a second copy of it. When I uh, I was looking, I was trying to track down Jason X, and I found it at a Barnes & Noble, and it was, a, it was Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X two-disc DVD. That's so fucking so, stupid. You own Jason Goes to Hell now. Fucking stupid. How does that make you feel? I want to die. <laughs> Put that on your shelf with pride. No, I want my epitaph to be owned, Jason goes to hell, happy he's dead. <laughs> Derek, you want to give me any social media? Sure. So as always, you can go to my Twitter. I am at Underwhelming Movie Review, Underwhelming MR. And also, I do have a Letterboxd account now. Oh, okay. It is uh, username E-R-E-K-K, so Eric. And this is on there where I gave it a whopping half star out of five and basically just called it a pile of steaming shit. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. It is fair, 100%. Uh, it's not the worst movie you watch on the podcast, but it's not good. It's not good, Bob. Um, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at HowToHorror where we have our complete list of rules. Derek, thanks for doing this. This was podcast was fun. Hanging out with you was a pleasure. This movie was not. Yes. Derek, since you're done with the Friday the 13th series, you've done your part, you've done your two movies, you're free and clear, you get to reserve a movie as your reward. So, a while ago I was listening, and I believe it was guest Tony, who reserved the movie Alien. Yes. Which I'm very, very sad about, because I love those first two movies. I've never seen Alien 3, maybe bits and pieces, but Ellen Ripley is actually one of my favorite movie characters of all time. I want to be involved in that podcast some way. Somehow, and there is a way. Oh, yeah? I want Predator. <laughs> because just like Freddy versus Jason, there is an Alien versus Predator, and also when AVP Requiem, which you and I are like the only two people in the entire world who actively like that movie. There is no one else on the planet who deserves to be a guest on the Alien versus Predator Requiem podcast besides you. You're the only person who's worthy. And you know what? I like a lot of the Predator movies as well. Uh, there, there are some fun ones, and there. Bill Paxton's in the yep. second one. I mean, and there's some. There, there'll be bad ones. Yeah. I, I get that. Well, really, the only bad Predator movies. I don't like the first Alien vs. Predator because it's PG-13 and stupid, a waste of time. So I don't really like Alien vs. Predator. Also, the newest one, The Predator, sucks. Which I have not seen, so that'll be an excuse to finally cross that one off. Yeah. I have seen the one with Adrian Brody, uh, Bill Paxton, yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. Uh, both AVPs. Yep. So I think that's all of them. Yep, that's all of them. There's only one, two, three, four, five. So there's seven of them total. So for the first time, like I, I guess there's only, I guess there's one movie here that I haven't seen, but a lot of these will be rewatches through a different lens for me. Yep, I'm and, excited. And, and they're fun movies. Yeah. Uh, besides the two I mentioned, um, I'm excited. This will be good. Good, good choice. Absolutely. Anything else? No. Let's uh, let me sunset on this one. Yeah. Let's walk off into the sunset. All right. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Now more than ever, stay safe out there. Uh, uh, uh.